Salam. Yes, hello. Sorry, hey, just right. disconnected as you can see. Salam, thanks. Thanks yourself, good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, you already know the idea about my podcast. This is the second episode. I'm very glad you're on the podcast. You know, you're, uh, you've been one of those people that I've been always in my YouTube on the shadows. Sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. Uh, and I see you've touched on Manly Hall. That's a personal hero for me, too. So I thought you were the right person for this, uh, for this podcast. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for thinking of me and, uh, and having me a guest on your podcast. It's, it's really a privilege and I'm looking forward to it. That's for sure. So Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, where you grew up, you know, your parents, if they had any religion, all that, you know. All right. So I was raised in, born and raised in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, to Jewish parents, Orthodox, I would okay. say, and um, I'm 35 now, so, or 35, what am I saying, 38, I'm 38, so born in South Africa to a you know, very Orthodox uh, family, just uh, post-apartheid, apartheid, okay. as Americans say, apartheid, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, very bubbled off sort of community and, and whatnot, and uh, Jewish day schools, went to several of them, got kicked out, expelled, you know, whatever it was. At some stages, I was just not even enrolled in a school. There was just no other choices or you know, options left for me. Uh, just was a very, um, I would say, non-committed child, you know, very much rebellious and whatever it is. And um, I don't know what, what particularly I could tell you, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll ask questions, man. Don't worry about it. But that okay. So sure. you uh, you grew up in a country that had already conflict in it, right? There was a sure. black and white, and uh, it's very unstable. And I I also shared the experience of growing up to very religious parents. That so that that could set you up. Like when you grow up, it's kind of like hard to unlock and remove all those uh, ideas and stuff. So uh, I'm I'm gonna be talking a little bit about your childhood, the way you grew up into high school. That's not the main focus, but it's just to give people, you know, because we as humans, our psyche today, it's a, it's an accumulation of all that we went through and some of it still stays with us as residue. So it's a, it's a good way to have a sneak in your, your past and how that relates to today. So you said you grew up with Jewish parents. You, uh, you had that, uh, you were a rebellious child. You were not always, you didn't fit in. So uh, going through through school, what was that experience like? You know, that's like when you're seven, eight. That's when you start forming your idea on the world, what the world is, how you fit in the world, and all that. How how would you describe that experience? Yeah, I feel like it still lives within me in a way because it's still sort of set up to some degree. You know, just feeling more of the somewhat of an outcast and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody who doesn't just accept what they're given or, the, you know, the, the status quo and isn't just happy to go along with it all. You know. So, uh, you know, it's still similar themes, I would say, from my childhood. But uh, my upbringing was very unpleasant, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to say the least. It was just something, again, like I couldn't conform to it. I couldn't understand the religion. I had a lot of deep questions that really got me into trouble a lot of the time. Uh, I didn't just accept blindly, you know, but I kind of had to because obviously I was, if I didn't play the game to some degree, I would have been, I would have been in more trouble than I was getting myself into, 
you know, I didn't really understand that it was a crime to ask questions, you know, the kind yeah. of questions that I was asking. It was, it was, it was, it was really, it was inappropriate. I think I also had more of a sense of humor, had a more, more of a lightheartedness, and that wasn't tolerated either. You know, uh, the practice of my religion was very serious. It was like, oh man, I mean, all the the laws that one had to abide by, and mm. You know, whether it was by like um, not mixing milk and meat together, whether it was saying, you know, the prayers and whatever it is and, and attending the synagogues and et cetera, et cetera, and, and the Jewish customs and all, whatever it was. It was just, it was very serious and um, I couldn't, I couldn't take it as seriously. I couldn't, I didn't know, I was too much, I think, just too relaxed about things and uh, I was uncomfortable about them as well. And so that, that obviously didn't, didn't work out didn't go down at all. I mean, I moved from a very, very religious, orthodox Jewish school where it was separated between, I mean, the boys and girls were separated. You know, you didn't speak to girls when you grew up. And um, then my marks were, I was really failing in the, in the Jewish studies because it was a hell of a long day. I mean, you know, we started school at about six, seven o'clock, you know, with prayers and et cetera, you know, the, the service. And then we'd go into sort of Jewish studies till about 12.30 and then from 12.30 till about... 3.30 to 4 o'clock, then we would start the sort of, uh, you know, the Western type of thing, the science, the biologies and things like that. So it was a hell of a long day and I just, I couldn't keep up with it all. So I was moved from a Jewish religious environment to a public school, which was mixed boys and girls, black and whites, Indian and colored, Jews and non-Jews, mostly non-Jews. And uh, Was that a middle that, school? Say again? Was that a middle school? Um, so it was probably around about, I don't know about what middle school is, it was probably about the age of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 oh, or so. Yeah, still in elementary. Middle school usually is like 7th and 8th grade, and then that after that is high school. Okay, okay. So yeah, so, um, so then I moved, it was extreme uh, change for me, dramatic. I couldn't adjust. I was mocked. I was teased because I still had my yamulka on. You know, oh, okay. Basically, on my head, I had the strings called the tzitzis as well that I was wearing, and I was teased. I was bullied, uh, threatened. You know, because I was yeah. just obviously very different, and and so not being able to adapt, being able, you know, sitting next to a girl at, in the same desk in a way. I remember it was just, it was just horrendous. It was. You know, my father was never really around, you know, very much, very much involved in his work. My mother had this, I mean, three older children, one younger sister, you know, so mm-hmm. five in total. And so she was, she had her hands full just running around and trying to keep oh. it together. And so, you know, there wasn't, I, I got in the way a lot of the time. That okay. was the message that was, that, that I, that I lived with for a long time. And I think some part, some time, you know, still instilled in me, you know, imprinted in me, like I say, conditioned into me, traumatized to a certain degree, that I was getting in the way, like the fact that my mother had to drive to, you know, out of the area, out of the Jewish area to to drop me off at some, you know, in in another area, another suburb type of thing and go out of her way while all my brothers were at the Jewish day school and getting along with everything and and doing just fine. Uh, I was sort of the the square pig in the round hole and that's been the story of my life, you know, in that way, just getting in the way constantly, you know, not having good grades, not being able to be a proud child to my mother and my father, yeah. you know, bringing them, you know, much uh, like even what they call the shuls, the synagogues, whatever it was. Like, I was very naughty, you know. I was just, I don't know, I just used to get up to, 
nonsense and just pose, just out of boredom or whatever it was, frustration. And I used to get into trouble and it would reflect on my family's name. And mm. you know, I was just, I used to get beatings for it. You know, I used to be, I was, I was an embarrassment to my family generally, you know, <laughs> just, just, just all around, just like an embarrassment. It was just, uh, you know, I mean, there was like a, I got, my first time I got drunk, I think I was like 13 or 14 years old. It was a celebration at, at, at one of the Jewish holidays. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just sipping the beers under the table, whatever it was. And the next thing I was like vomiting outside while all the, you know, it was just a yeah. spectacle to everybody type of thing. And, you know, and so I, was a, I wasn't a troublemaker. I wasn't like a bully. I didn't bully other kids or something like that. But I just, it was just my rebelliousness. It was just my adventure. I think I had such a such a desire for 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 adventure for for mystery you know for had so many questions uh, such a curiosity of things and yeah. uh, just couldn't stick with the mundane and of, of you know the repetitiveness and you know again I used to get into trouble I used to yeah I was was hectic man I don't have much pleasant memories about it yeah man I can see that like that pattern is uh, is what got you to where you are today you know you always questioned you were always not conforming so that led you to the path of research and you know awakening to uh, what we call today awakening and uh, that's pretty interesting because I was also bullied you know throughout all my school life and it felt horrible like you know that you you hold on to a lot of resentments to that kind of stuff people who bully you, you just sometimes I go into fantasies about just doing some horrible shit to them just to like revenge because you know it stays with you if you don't heal with from that stuff and uh i also have a question about the jewish right because i grew up muslim and obviously jewish and muslims don't like each other very much you know uh is it true that judaism has an element of elitism like do jewish people talk about it in synagogues and when they're alone that they they're basically the chosen people of god and they have a right to rule people or is that just propaganda put by other people to make people hate the Jews. I think it. I think it's changed. Also, depending which, you know, which level of uh, of custom, you know, with, mm-hmm. which kind of Jews, you know, whether they're Zionistic or not, uh, whether they're ultra orthodox, you know, and they don't believe in the state of Israel or something like that, and mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it varies. It definitely varies amongst uh, amongst different compartments of of the jewish uh, religion i would say or practice to some degree um but there, there definitely is an elitism in that way it, I, I think there is there is that way i mean a lot of the the writings is saying that you know the the, the world was was made for from to be to be motivated i mean to be uh, by the jewish people in that way and everybody else is just to to churn the churn the wheat and the and the crops and and do the the, the hard labor you know mm-hmm. while the jews are the intellects and uh and whatnot and uh then the moral compass a lot of the time for, yeah. for the rest of the world because you know the rest of the world is is sort of aimless or they worship false gods or something like that and mm-hmm. so back in my day there was definitely more of that there was a lot more like you know, and, and whatever, and other anti-religion, you know, jokes and things like that, and about Christianity, about Islam, and whatever it was. There was a lot of that sentiment, I would say, okay. Okay. perhaps probably around today to some degree. But I think, you know, because the whole world's become so much more sensitive and more open and expanse, you know, to a certain yeah. degree, it's not so closed-minded. It's still closed-minded, but I, so th- there is that. But I think it's it's maybe perhaps taken on a on a different kind of. Uh, uh, your perspective or something like that but there is that inherent inherent i think within 
the Jewish people. It's like for myself, what I used to struggle with was that I was friendly with just about anybody, whatever mm. color, you know, whatever religion. And our okay. next-door neighbors were Christian growing up. And, um, and I used to be friendly with uh, the, the one, 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 of the, one of the kids, you know, one of the younger, well, yeah. whatever. And uh, my age, and uh, that really, it was, it was not the right thing to be doing. You know, it was just completely not right. I mean, Jews don't hang around with non-Jewish people and, uh, you know, this type of thing. So yeah. I got a lot of trouble because I didn't see the difference. I couldn't, I couldn't see that there was, you know, that their blood is different to my blood type of thing. It's, it's never been yeah. that you know, for me. So that's also something that I struggled with uh, in the big way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I see that you were the type of kid who wouldn't, and I was the same. But you know, when you were a kid, you mentioned that that you wanted always, uh, you know, you wanted to be protected and loved by your family. So you, there is a line you told you have to follow some rules, you have to accept some rules, on some level of your psyche. And I went to the same thing, maybe not as extreme as, uh, maybe as you. I, I, for the first nine years of my life, I grew up in, uh, in the United States. To Libyan parents, my mom wore a hijab, and my dad was a fundamentalist to, to the core. So he put me in private mm. Islamic schools. So I always felt like I was not part of the society I grew up in, and uh, felt alienated a little bit. So there was that pattern going on in the in the background. And since we're touching on the Jewish thing, one like one last question is: What was your community's view on the state of Israel and what's happening in Palestine? So again, I think it's. It's depending which you know, uh, compart you know departments. I don't know sections of 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 you know of mm -hmm. mindsets. I would say because like the, where I grew up in, it's you know there's there's the the ultra orthodox are not really too bothered by the Zionistic state in the mm -hmm. way I mean or Israel or Palestine or something like that. They're not. They feel that in the time of the Messiah that that that's when the the Jews will be you know um, entitled completely to the land and and the promise will be fulfilled. But then there's others as well that are more Zionistic that that feel that you know it's it's completely the Jewish land, and uh, it's been it, it's it's where the promise is 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 you know now to be fulfilled and whatever it is and so so depending on which you know depending who you talk to in a way um, mm -hmm. I mean like I used I grew up with some extreme friends you know they wanted to go to the Israeli army and and whatever it is it was. But for myself, I could never see it from that point of view. It just, I just found it very—I just didn't agree with it at all. You know, I just found the conflict unnecessary. I felt like people were fighting other people's battles, and I felt that this was something that would never really, uh, uh, there will never really be peace. You know, mm -hmm. we're not—we're we're not really working with the, the deep psychology. We're not actually seeing how we've been properly, uh, you know, made enemies of one another deliberately by an unseen hand. You know, in my own research, I went back into the origins of Judaism and uh, mm -hmm. and whatnot and seen, like, it's not all that it was meant to be, you know, and, yeah. like, it's just, it's just always amazed me that within the state of Israel, within the cities of Jerusalem, lie three of the most holiest sites of the, you know, the three major religions, you know, yeah. in a way. I mean, you've got the Dome of the Rock, Right next to that, you've got the Wailing Wall, and down the road from that, you have, I can't remember from the Christian point of view, but where, you know, where, where Jesus sort of, you know, yeah. uh, was a whole story, whatever it is. It's like, what's going on here? You know, you, you, I think, again, the nature of our realities is, 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 is riddled with conflict. Yeah. And yeah. It is, it's, I think it's deliberately being designed that way. And so for myself, it was just, 
I've just seen this conflict going on for most of my life and something that I never wanted to get involved in. And I would see how people, uh, I don't know, take on this point of views and, and, and identify themselves with certain you know, identities or cultures or dogmas or something like yeah, that yeah. or you know, whatever it might be. And so for myself, I just, I just couldn't quite understand. But uh, Yeah, my question was more to like the, you know, you went to Jewish schools, you had Jewish parents though. Let's say, let's call them the elders or uh, the authority figures in your own community, in your own Jewish community. Were they with Israel? Were they against it or were they neutral? They didn't have one way or another. They didn't care. I wouldn't say they didn't care. I don't think, I think, I don't know if they were even neutral. I think they were just undecided. I think it was mm. just whatever might have been going at the time, you know, if there was if there was something going on in Israel, you know, because it's also it's like other Jews as well were, were sort of dying or being, you know, there was something happening or whatever. And if there was war going on or conflict or something like that, it was yeah. as, as being Jewish, it feels like it's your brothers and your sisters as family and, pe- and possibly people that you know as well. So depending what what potentially was going on at the time, where it grabbed people's interest and they felt like, okay, I need to get involved here or speak my mind about it, you know, voice my, my opinion mm-hmm. on it. And so there was there was sometimes call to action, and, uh, and sometimes it just wasn't. That as far as I can remember, okay. you know, I think also the type of family that I came from, it wasn't a predominant uh, fact. It wasn't really pressed upon us for, especially also the schools that I went to. It wasn't, it was that Israel is the, the homeland type of thing, but it, you know, it was just, you know, it wasn't a strong element, I would say, growing up. But then I started mixing with other different Jews, I would say, of different uh, ideologies or, you know, beliefs. And uh, then then it was different. You know, then, then, you know, they, they would see it as, as they see the conflict, they would see, uh, yeah, and I mean, depending, it, it, yeah, it wasn't one yeah, way or another. Yeah. So, That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you don't push that stuff into kids because, you know, you then you put them in the camps of us versus them and then you charge them and you make them, you know, it can, it can be extreme on both sides. Like there's Jews who are willing to die for their country and on the other side, there's Muslims who have suicidal tendencies and willing to blow themselves mm-hmm. for their side, you know. That's a really polarizing mm-hmm. uh Thing. So, you know, let's move forward. You know, all this is to bring what led you to awakening, right? So you were, you were a rebellious kid. You didn't follow the rules. You were, as you described it, you were an embarrassment to your uh, family. How did that thing bear on your psyche? And was there a point that made you just, you know, give up and conform and be like, you know what, there's every time I try to do something, these people just hammer on my head and I have no way out. So I might as well just play the game and go along and fuck this. I'll just do what they tell me. Or were you always secretly trying to get away, trying to escape? I think I became, I never, I could never, I could never walk the line. I could never conform. That was my problem. And that was a lot of, again, my shame and, I would say, and frustration, that even if I tried to, I didn't know how, I couldn't read the rules, of, I didn't know how to do it. I just didn't have it in me, like my persona wasn't there necessarily. I think I was too open, or I just, I didn't know how to. And so there wasn't a question of being able to conform, even if I wished to, you know, and I desired to, it just mm. wasn't an option for me. But what I did do was instead of being able to find my own independence away from it and my own, you know, uh, yeah, my own independence from it, my own ability to think for myself and not being, you know, not having that, having developed that yet, 
I think it just became nihilistic. I think I just was giving up completely. I mean, that's where I was at at a stage in my life where I just and felt that. What age were you around? I can't that beat point. them. I can't join them. So you see, for myself, I've always been on you know seeker. I would say. Uh, from from day one i mean i even remember i was used to be teased at school because i wouldn't want to play football be, you know i'd just rather sit on the sideline and i'd just look up at the sky and kids would like tease me and say you know aaron's thinking why the sky is blue you know type of yeah, thing and they'd mock yeah. me about it and so i always had that, that, that thing so and at what age do my, you think you hit that nihilistic stage what age were you kind of well I would say what happened was you know i, I mean i tried it, Mind you, like when I tried to get, I became religious in a way. I, I went on a tour for, on Israel for about a year, mm-hmm. and I landed up in you know one of the the, 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 the yeshivas as they call them, and uh, you know, I fell through quite hard for about. I became very religious myself, but then once I stepped out of it and came back to South Africa, it just wore off very instantly. I mean, like after one week, I was back to my usual self. So. Um, but again, like I was always searching for things. I came across Alan Watts. Uh, mm. and Wayne Dyer and other certain individuals but I, it still wasn't enough for me like I couldn't really understand Alan Watts and really understand what he was saying but I you know I, I felt mm. the energy you know I resonate with his energy and his and his out-of-the-box thinking and uh, and yeah. whatnot and so that that I, I listened to everything that I could get my hands on of him I read whatever books I could manage to get at the time you know being very limited with the internet and whatever and whatnot yeah. and so I tried to get myself as familiar I tried to I went into this whole self-help arena you know um i tried also different therapists and psychologists and whatnot uh, i had no clue about psychedelics mm. i had no clue about you know uh, were you at high possible. school at that stage that was or my problem. You... <clears throat> no, sorry so i no it was probably my my, my mid-20s you know i mean mm. all my friends had had started getting degrees already they were starting to settle okay. down getting married having children and for myself i couldn't get a degree i couldn't hold down a job um i was too much into the party you know, type of thing. Um, and I was still looking. I was just desperately looking. And then eventually I started giving up. Like I just found that there was nothing. And this was around probably the ages of 24, 25. Um, I had a relationship with a woman who, you know, like I, deep, I fell deeply in love with and we connected on a soulful level. And, uh, you know, obviously we were just yeah. so wounded yeah. ourselves, both of ourselves. It was just not the timing. It was absolutely not right and or not possible. And, and then, you know, from that breakup, it really, you know, trauma, you know, it just yeah. really wounded me in a way, and and from then I think I started going downhill, and I started drinking and you know, or boozing yeah. a lot, and clubbing a lot, and and being completely irresponsible and overeating and overindulging on on all the wrong kind of substances, and because I just was nihilistic, I just couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anyone I could I could relate to, I could talk to, that could understand me. I couldn't find yeah. anything to do with my time that was meaningful, that felt that felt well worthwhile. And yeah. so I was very, very desperate, and I was at the end of my rope, basically. And that was in the end. That was till in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. The end of mm-hmm. two thousand and eight is I where see. I think let's, it was two thousand and seven. Uh, let's let's rewind a little bit just to catch up. So, I, you know, I I always sure. try to touch about uh, in the high school years because that's when you, st- you know, when life gets a little bit more serious, you have to decide what's your major, what you're gonna do with your life, and the, you have more responsibilities. Life is not just you know hanging out, having fun, and it gets more serious. So what was your experience, you know, choosing your major, going to college, all that funk about college and getting a degree and graduating from high school? What was that phase like to you? Well, I barely graduated out of high school. Mm-hmm. I actually I failed one of the, one of my grade, one of my standards, the school standards here. And, and 
I managed to sneak my way into the next uh, grade because okay. I, I kicked out of the school and I managed to fake my report card in order okay. to get into to the next school, you know, where I said I passed and whatever it was. So I, I barely, I mean, I barely scraped through. I was surprised that I even managed to, you know, as I say, matriculate to get out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I took a gap year with my friends and we went to Israel, you know, for about a year, okay. toured around, you know, and then came back and I had absolutely no clue, no interest what I wanted to do. Uh, I was driving my friends or going with them while they were, you know, um, signing up for their degrees. They were doing, I don't know, like accounting and some were doing, you know, it was mostly accounting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's traditionally the Jewish style. And for myself, I was literally on my way to the the university to, to sign up. Uh, I had to, I could barely get in. So I had to do these provisional tests before to pass, which took me about a year. Then I was accepted into university. Then I didn't even know what I wanted to do. And on the way there, I thought, oh, let me, uh, I don't know what do you call it. I don't even know what it's called. Like something in marketing, you know, like a marketing mm. degree. Okay. And okay. so... I got there and I signed up and I, I did it for maybe three months and I failed, you know, okay. I didn't even buy the books that I needed to buy. It was a waste. And then I gave up on it. Then I thought I'd get into IT, you know, some mm-hmm. computers or something like that. Mm-hmm. I tried my hand at that for maybe two, three months. And you know, I just had all these books and all the textbooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that eventually it was just thrown in the trash. And then I actually tried psychology. For like a week, I think. But literally, I was signing up to get to. I was spending money on it and whatever it was, and so I was just flunking out of everything. And my friends were just, you know, passing and you know, yeah. just from year after year. And then they finally got their degrees. And so for myself, uh, there was. I didn't. It didn't get more serious. It just got more mm. chaotic and out of hand. It got more directionless. You know, oh, well, this direction. I would say, yeah, there was. I was. There was a part of myself that needed an income, but. I managed to do sort of like video editing on the side. Mm. But at a time, also, there was a time where I was drinking so much booze that I just mm. couldn't hold down any. I mean, I went through countless of jobs. So yeah. I found like freelancing where I could just, you know, manage to to do some freelancing that would able to pay me the rent and also so I could, you know, support my habit of, of drinking mm. and, and things like that. And uh, so it never got serious for me. I mean, in, in a sense where... Uh, I, I was I was a, a, a schemer. I would try and come up with not 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 to scam people, but I would try and find. I thought of I thought of different ideas of trying to make money. I mean, some of them didn't work, you know. But like I put charity cans in in the the gas stations, you know, people mm-hmm. go ahead. They, they look like with a dog, you know, a picture of a dog in it. So they put money <laughs> in the charity can, and then I'll try and sort of collect it. And you know, I, I'd find different kind of ways that that. I, yeah, I was very creative. I was brilliant in schemes, you know, okay, not not directly stealing from people or or scaring them or something like that. But uh, I just came up with brilliant schemes in order to just being able to pay the rent and get by, you know, and uh, something like that. So it never got serious for me in that way. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. how I managed to get by. I really don't know how. That's a, that's an interesting like way you know you had a bumpy way through college and uh, you didn't really fit in and you know your story has this theme of always trying to fit in but then circumstances events and people around you you would yeah. just it would be not compatible at all and that led you, you said to a nihilistic phase and it led you to your addiction you know that's all some good topics we can talk about like you know so you'd say after college you tried different things you know you had to pay the rent you had to survive you know you're not doing it from an evil intention or from an intention to 
school people, you just wanted to survive. You wanted people to leave you alone so you can do your own thing. But then he said you picked up the habit of booze, right? And uh, if I take it away, you never graduated from college. You just dropped out and he said, fuck it. You know, you're just trying to do your own thing. You know, talk about, yeah, talk about a little bit about the booze addiction. Like, was it gradual? Was it just full-blown? Was, was your life unmanageable? How, how did you manage that phase, you know? And what were the emotions, psyche, psychology going on in your mind at the time? I think it was more of a gradual thing. I think it was probably also out of boredom. I think it was also out of heartbreak. Okay. Uh, meaninglessness. Um, and things like that. I think it was uh, my social, my, you know, the friends that I was with, they were also, they were sort of casual, not casual, but binge drinkers, you know, on, on the yeah. night out, something like that, and whatever it is. And also through, you know, more back in the day, my family is more, you know, on, on the Jewish holidays, uh, yeah. you know, break the, the whiskey and the vodkas and things like that, and have the season, and whatever it was. And I used to get carried away with that. And, uh, mm. So I think it was more of a gradual thing. I didn't actually see it coming on. Uh, you know, it was kind of normal in a sense. And, uh, you know, to some friends of mine, it still is. It's, uh, but not to the, to the extremes that I was, I was involved with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so for myself, uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize that what I was really doing, you know. I just, the, the more I drank, the more of the life of the party I was, actually. You know, the more I could let my head down and, and be... A fool and be and not be so you know intellectual or curious or you know something or other i didn't i could just get along and, and go and try to pick up the girls and whatnot you know, to a certain degree yeah, i never yeah. lost it in me but i just it just helped me to unwind and and uh, forget about my my existence i would say my troubled existence of of of, of just you know so I would say from that point of view, then it got intense where uh, I was boozing every day. I'd mm. say not the whole bottle of vodka. My vodka was my choice mm. and uh, of, 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 of poison, I would say. It really was. And so it was really getting out of hand. I mean, it was, uh, I'd have to, that's why I couldn't hold down a job. I was so hungover most times, most days mm. that... Uh, I'd wake up in the morning and just feel so sick that I'd have to go back to bed and then wake up like at maybe 12 or something like that and then kind of start my day. And then mm. by 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I was, I was drinking again. Yeah. So, I mean, I would go to restaurants and I'd fill up a Coke can with, with vodka, you know, and it yeah. seemed like yeah. I was just you know, drinking the Coke. I'd find all different ways and means to, to drink. I'd go to friends' houses and when they weren't looking, you know, in their parents' cabinets, I'd open their parents' cabinets and I would take booze out, you know. Mm. And, uh, I mean... They, my friends kind of knew about it, but again, nobody was sort of, even my father, my mother, no one was really saying, you know, giving, you know, telling me, heeding me advice, giving me warning about it or something like that. I was just on my own type of mission and I suppose no one could kind of tell me what to do in a yeah. sense. It's not that I knew it all. I just didn't know anything. I didn't even care. Yeah. yeah. It, got, yeah it, got a, it got out of hand. I mean, like I was sneaking into nightclubs and could have easily got caught one time. I almost did get caught you know caught and yeah 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 it's just uh, drinking and driving that was also my, the, the worst thing the worst thing i could have possibly done i mean sometimes didn't know how i got home i was just that's was that's so a dangerous bad. part about it yeah yeah it was so bad it was so bad like you know also potentially getting into fights with people that you know fights that i could never win <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have the same experience you know? but just i just yeah. mm. like you know drinking would make me uh would also I, I describe it as it would turn off my mind, the mind that kept me anxious or depressed or just nihilistic. 
I would just tune it down. You know, like uh, in the car where you have the volume, right? And you just tune it down, tune it down until it's gone. Then you can feel feel natural, feel yourself. But it was it was artificial. It was not something you could uh, maintain for a long time. And the one small thing could tick me off, and I would just become a raging monster. I would fight people double my size. I would not care. I would just go in full-blown and cause myself to be in fights. You know, and I guess... You know, addiction is something people, I say maybe empaths, people who are seeking. When you don't find that answer in the reality you're living, you're escaping. You know, drugs are an escape route. And you just, and it becomes addictive and it becomes a whole cycle. And, you know, I don't know if you have experiences with rehab, with uh, with the treatment, with stuff like that. Trying to, you know, because once you realize, you know, you're an alcoholic or you're an addict to this stuff, you you have to solve that problem. Well, so that's why my, my, my awakening, I mean, it couldn't have come at a better time. So basically, also I was on heavy antidepressants as well. Mm. So I was just knocking back the, the, the antidepressants and I was just increasing the dosage, like a lot of the time on my own and had them losing at the same time and then putting on, you know, hell of a lot of weight, like an yeah. extreme amount of weight. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, another girl at the time, who she was also a big drinker and we were just really out of hand and uh, whatever it was, it was really atrocious. Mm. Uh, so what happened basically for myself was that, you know, I just fell into a massive depression. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, when you talk about sort of the details, it's I'm 38 now. So we're talking about over, what's that, uh, almost 10 years ago. So it's hard okay. to actually remember. I mean, I'm assuming probably for myself what the numbing effect was of alcohol it's 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 such a foreign thing. Like I can't even relate to who I was yeah. back then to who I am now. That's a transformation. I can relate man. better to my yeah yeah. It's absolutely transformation. Like I I don't know who that person was mm-hmm. in the sense I can't relate to that person. I can. I love. I'm very nostalgic, and mm. I like to when I meditate a lot of the time. I like to go back into my childhood, into my house, and you know, go over mm-hmm. all the fine features and see what. I can draw on memory and, and I'm getting better at it. Sometimes it's quite scary because you realize that what's what's down there in the basement of your conscience, of your subconscious, you know, it's still there. I mean, mm-hmm. the memories, the smells, the textures of the carpet, you know, the different colors, the stains on, on the curtains or something like that. It can get really far out, especially when I'm in deep meditation. And I like to do that because I also like to contrast who I am today and put myself back in that situation with my parents and my brothers and whatever else was going on at the time so that's very interesting so i am nostalgic but uh, i must say like from probably uh, probably from about 16 years and it's just a lot of it's just blur and unrecognizable to me you know type of thing but i mean my awakening was big enough to 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 for me not to forget it you know and yeah. I find it's a crucial, it's, it's like losing a virginity, you know, in a way, to a certain mm-hmm. degree, but because mm-hmm. <laughs> once, yeah. once you've woken up, it's like you can't go back, once you lost your virginity, it's done, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you're in the, you know, you, you've done the transformation, you've done, so for myself, I was, uh, it was in 2007, 2008, and uh, I was, like I said, severely depressed, could yeah. barely pay the bills, uh, you know, I was fighting with everybody, with my mother, you know, my father's a very, well, very, highly successful businessman and he still is mm-hmm. and, and so and I got support from him 
from time to time, which, mm-hmm. you know, I came in, like I was saying, I've got a new project that I want to start my own sort of editing business, which I had no intention of doing. I didn't even have the ability to do it. And would you support me or would you sponsor me or would you, you know, loan me the cash? And he would, and then I would never pay him back. And so it's a wheeler dealer in that way. But so <laughs> I could barely hold down a job. Could my relationship was, I don't know what that was, but uh, just again, bad habits. Uh, type of thing and, and also couldn't connect with my friends as a hell of a loner I mean I myself so my friends didn't have time for me I was you know out clubbing and they were preparing the you know their work notes for the next day type of thing anyway so for myself yeah. um, I was just putting on weight the alcohol just wasn't working I was going to different kind of therapists but, but nothing was really you know really helping me out uh, very very lonely lonely desperate desperate time um, and so what happened was I decided that uh, I live, you know, I said, you know, that's it. Like uh, I've done my time here, and there is no meaning to it. And if there is meaning to it, I'll find out on the outside. You know, that's how desperate I was. And and the way that I thought to myself that I would I would take myself out was like either through probably uh, drinking, you know, or I would give myself some kind of heart attack by the amount of food that I was eating, you know, mm. the, the really junk food. I mean, I was interested in junk food. Like I just, I, I had that feeling like, I, I remember the December, you know, it was, it was, I think it was December 2008 where I said this will be my last December on, on that, that I'll be facing. Oh, so you became I cannot take a little bit anymore. suicidal a little bit. At the end. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 no, absolutely. I was, um, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a phase. All the details be too much. Yeah, right? sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the message for everybody who's listening right now and who finds himself in that phase. You know, whether it's just addiction or it's just not finding meaning or you know losing hope or even going so far as suicidal ideation and all that stuff. My message to y'all is like, you know, stick around. It's uh, it's not as bad as it seems. Even though when you're at that phase, it seems like you're hopeless. But that's just the mind playing tricks on you and, you know, get help, talk to people, you know, read different material, believe in yourself. And, you know, we all go through that. All I'm trying to say is I wouldn't have awakened and Aaron wouldn't have awakened if we didn't have that, you know, really, really dark bottom that taught us that, you know, things, if, if it can get this bad, this dark, that means on the opposite side, there's a lot of happiness, joy and a lot, like purpose to living, you know. And that's the stories we're trying to share to people. Mm. So uh, you didn't go through any rehabs, right, or any programs. You just decided. Or, I mean, so no, yeah, I, I so what happened? Yeah. yeah. So what happened was uh, again that December in particular, where I just like had enough of it. You see, I wasn't I wasn't fearful of death in a way because I wasn't realistic. I didn't know the price that I, you know it could come at. I didn't know how real it was because nothing felt real. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing felt like it had any meaning to it. So it was all benign. It was all. You know, I was indifferent to everything. So it didn't make any real difference if I was alive, if I was dead, and feel anyone would miss me anyways. You know, I felt like the world was just continuing, carrying on as it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it would be no big deal, you know, if I wasn't around in a way. Uh, I really, I felt, I mean, now that I think about it, I sincerely felt that way. I didn't feel like I'd be missed by my family. I didn't feel like I could make a big impact on people's lives. I don't think so. I think it would just be, I was, I, I just felt like such a ghost that it would yeah. almost just be, you know, sort of a, Somebody would share it on, on like, you know, on a text message or going around, oh, you know, by the way, Aaron took his life. Oh, okay, fine. You know, typing the funeral will be, you know, there was, it wouldn't have been impacting on people's lives. It felt like a, like a ghost, right, basically. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been missed. So it wasn't serious. So what happened for me was that 
and again, desperately seeking. Hey, like, and then I came across guys like Deepak Chopra, you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, but also I just got so annoyed because I felt so disingenuous. I felt this is this is a load of trap, you know, and I just mm-hmm. couldn't connect, whatever it was. And then the moment, it's a synchronistic moment, and I don't know how it happened, but I remember the time I had a 128 meg. Um, this was the size of this. I don't even know what you want to call it uh, that you could play music on, like a music player. But you know, yeah, it was iPod it was an but it was this is even before iPods, you know, mm. or iPod, whatever it was, even before that small little, you know, you got like one gig. So yeah, this yeah. was 128 megs, and you put a battery in it, basically. I remember, and so okay. I, I used to download uh, talks and uh, mostly add and watch stuff. And it's quite funny because I actually downloaded a year ago, like by mistake, it said Alan Watts, but it was actually David Ark, and he was talking about like you know reptilians or whatever. It was. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And I just switched the you know the thing off. I couldn't mm-hmm. didn't resonate with me at all. I just thought it was whatever, and then. Lo and behold, also the same thing. I downloaded an Adam Watts lecture, and it was actually Terence McKenna. And this is what this was. was this this was the, the changing moment. Was it the one morning I woke up? I remember I was in Cape Town. That's not where I'm from. I was on I was on vacation with my girlfriend at the time. Okay. It was the end of the year, Christmas time, whatever. And I was listening to this guy, and I was on the beach, and I just remembered just just like, you know, not being able to walk or going or think I just had my hands on my ears you know on the earphones because the waves was a bit louder there was noise and I just sat still I was like you know just in shock what this guy was saying and just the voice and just the message of it and I I don't know it's something in me the dawn broke on on I mean it was just you know the, the sun started it was just what on earth is this and I couldn't wait to get back to my hometown to just dive into this guy's work, you know, I mean, what yeah, this guy was yeah. saying and his message here. This this was the pivotal moment. If it wasn't for Terence McKenna, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I'd be around anymore. I mean, that this is that was the reality. That's why when I started my YouTube channel, I dedicated my videos. I mean, making Terence McKenna videos. I was one of the first few guys, you know, making McKenna back in the day. I mean, this was in 2009 or 2000. Yeah. You know, as, 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 you know, long ago as that. And so he he was the, the the turning point in my life and from it that's when it all unraveled and so just coming back to your question of, of did I go to rehab or something like that something shifted in me that mm. uh, that firstly I got into smoking cannabis which helped me get off the booze okay. Right? Okay. And, and and I went cold turkey I mean I was I was extreme though look I was in a very very unstable place you can imagine in, this, mm-hmm. in the beginning i mean again my world is i think i'm being birthed into this new reality literally yeah and yeah. so well figuratively and so uh, well literally you yeah, figuratively and so what happened was that just uh, i started just going cold turkey like i stopped my antidepressants which i stopped i was also smoking a lot of cigarettes at the time which i stopped i didn't manage to to and i just started again weaning myself or well actually started tapering off the antidepressants i didn't go cold turkey stuff i didn't know what i was doing and i just there was an intuition there was just something inside of me that that came alive that just switched on i can't explain it you know mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know i just felt like the, you know, the, 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 the mac and cheese that I was having was like starting to make me feel ill. Like even the spin, you know, I, yeah. I didn't know what was happening to me, you know, and I was just delving into more of Terence McKenna, all of his work, you know, and then I started getting to the conspiracy side of things. It got really dark, you know, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Uh, 
and, I, and I got into more of the alien idea and maybe you know alien abduction and and and, and genetic you know yeah, genetically yeah. modified human beings and you know all that kind of stuff. I really got deep into it about the reptilians and you know yeah. whatever. And I, so that world really took me by storm. And then I got into all the conspiracy, the end of the world, whatever it was. And, and that's also got, what got me into trouble because I started spreading the word, you know, about the Illuminati, yeah. the Freemasons. It's in the music. Everybody look at the hand signs. It's all here type of thing. And it's evidential to see. And they're manipulating and controlling our minds. And they're putting us into a fake reality. And, then, you know, whatever it yeah, is. And yeah. we, 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 we're slaves in the prison planet. And that's that's when I started getting a lot of heat. That's when, you know, mm. people started getting worried. And I started getting out of hand. I started losing a bit of touch with reality. That ex-girlfriend of mine that I, that I you know, many, mm-hmm. well, it was about four or five years later that I still wasn't really over. I tried to contact her while she was married with kids and I tried to pretend <laughs> that I was my sister-in-law on Facebook. Yeah, you know, I was just so yeah. desperate to talk to her. I was like, you can't believe what I found. You don't know what I've discovered. And not only that, but it's the end of the world in 2012. <laughs> so prepare yourself. And, you know, no, it was like it was intense. And I was telling people, you know, yeah, I was there, there yeah. about the, the fiat currency and, 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 and this and that, whatever. And the people were laughing at me. It yeah, man, that's, take me seriously. That's a serious. That's a serious phase, and that's why in the beginning I said there's two types of awakening. There's the spiritual awakening, and then there's the awakening to the reality of the world. And they, they're both different things, but at, at some point they align together and they start making sense. So you said you had what you can describe as a satori moment. Do you know what satori is? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You had a satori moment, and everything just fell into place suddenly in a synchronistic moment. You know, it's something like, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle said he woke up one morning and then he started asking himself that question and then, then suddenly everything, like his mm-hmm. depression and his his problems alleviated and he started living, living in uh, so much harmony for a while. Mm-hmm. You, had, you had a similar experience, right? <clears throat> well, I, I, I mean, I think the way he explained it, you know how you know he woke up the next morning and you know, the, the birds were chirping loud or something like that and it was mm-hmm. all you know everything felt so alive and and so vibrant mm-hmm. you know just so much rhythm and energy and whatever it is and i think i think that kind of awakening look i'm also a little bit suspect of of the whole equatol sort of story yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah whatever but it's, i'm sure it's, it's happened to to others or whatever it is but you know it wasn't it certainly wasn't smooth I don't think mm. it, I don't think it can actually be smooth because your psyche, you know, your persona is falling away. Yeah, right? yeah. The person who you thought that you used to be, all all that programming, all that conditioning. I mean, you're literally unplugging yourself. What your podcast called? You unplugging yourself from the matrix. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, yours is yeah. Uh, and so, um, is yours joining the dots? Or, what, sorry, what's your the title? It's connecting it's the connecting dots. It's connecting the dots. But, yeah, but. Uh, the episode titles and plugging the last the podcast was on plugging on the matrix. Yeah, connecting the dots and plugging on the matrix. So it's literally that, and I mean, I mean, it's the same experience that Neo goes through in the matrix when he when he wakes yeah. up in the beginning. You know, he's absolutely startled. He just, he's, he, you know, he's overwhelmed. He feels sick to his stomach. It's a, uh, you know, it's Morpheus says to Neo says to Morpheus is because you've never used him before. And it's just yeah. speaking in a metaphoric way. Your mm-hmm. physical eyes you haven't used before. Like for myself, I haven't used my body. I haven't really, you know, used. Uh, my eyes to see, my, my spiritual eyes, my physical, you know, maybe my physical, not my spiritual eyes. Yeah. So that exactly, you start, you start waking up, but then you see, then you, conf, you know, you, you, 
there, there's a lot going on because again you're not getting support like i never got support i never got yeah. guidance through through this time that i was in i was trying to wake up my friends and they were just telling enough of yeah. me yeah and that probably made it worse you know i just wasn't understood by anything it's like i found something so huge and i wanted to share it even with my ex-girlfriend who was married at the time i mean you know, my brother started phoning me up and saying, man, what are you doing? Because, my, you know, they, they yeah. caught on that I was using my Facebook account at the time. I think it was Facebook. I mean, that's how long ago it was. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it really got me into, into hot waters. I mean, some people can be, you know, um, put in hospital for that kind of behavior. You yeah. Know? <laughs> how are no, yeah. you really can be. I mean, when you, when you, if, depending on who you're talking to. That's true. No, I'm not know, saying it's about not. ETs, extraterrestrials. Yeah, I mean, just looking back at that stuff, it's funny, right? Like, from your standpoint right now, it's like all that craziness and all that chaos, not to belittle that experience, but it's it's funny how much we can transform and how much, you know, sometimes we're in different realities, different universes, so to speak, and it's just completely different. You know, I, I remember the phase when I was waking up to this stuff and I was just sharing on Facebook, talking to people and not finding that that resonance from people, not finding that people listen to my message and then, you know, you just want to shut down and mm. it's it gets you to dark places and that world is just full of deception too there's the aliens there's the ufos there's you know <laughs> uh, inner earth civilizations there's the slave encampments on mars there's just so much information and a lot of it is false you know and you can get lost in that like just researching that stuff you, you never know who to listen to and you just get more lost and you get more desperation and a lot of like nihilistic thought like what's the point of all of this you know nobody's listening you know that mm-hmm. that was a big phase of my thing too yeah you know i think it's a race between your intuition you know uh, switching on you know and sort of guiding you in the right direction because again like i don't i don't think that everybody makes it out okay right i, yeah. I, I don't think so i think that a lot of people will turn to also drugs in that way, yeah. and not psychedelics necessarily. Not that drugs are, you know, mm-hmm. psychedelics are drugs, but I, I, I do think it's a very, very crucial time. I mean, it's like any kind of birth process. Yeah. You know, it's not a given that everything's going to turn out okay. Yeah. Right? And so your intuition has got to, has got to and, and depending on the level of your soul, I think, you know, the depth of it, the strength of it, etc. Yeah. Depending on how badly you've also been traumatized in your past. Whatever it really is, you you it's 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 a very narrow edge. It's a very thin line that, that that you walk on for some time when you're waking up in that process, you know. But like you said, but like you say that the thing of what's really turning on is you know you you're reaching the light at the end of the tunnel, and yeah. I'm saying it's 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 hell of a bright, and uh, you just got to get through those first stages, and and I suppose you just you know you've got to keep the faith. You've got to find like-minded individuals. I mean, this is exactly what what your podcast is doing. You know, you're you're a beacon of light in the in the dark ocean of at night. You know, the, the night ocean. You know, you're a lighthouse in a way. And then and, and saying, okay, you know, um, listen to these people that are sharing their experiences. What did they go through? What did they do to assist and to guide and to aid and you know smooth things out? And how long did it take? And you know, what was at stake? Whatever, all those kind of things. You know, and and whatever it is, I'm saying. It's because I mean, I just like to be real about things. Yeah, yeah. About not not trying to soften it. I mean, it it all happened the way that it was supposed to happen. I mean, yes. why wouldn't it have? But I think the 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 message is that 
you you got to start believing in yourself as quick as you possibly can and your intuition has got to you know you got to trust your intuition and your inner higher voice right yes. like for example for myself i started i mean i became vegetarian i didn't intend on it but i just realized yeah. that i stopped and i don't think vegetarian for everybody I mean, you can do whatever you want i don't care yeah but like i realized after a while there was no meat in my fridge and I realized after all, I wasn't using my microwave oven as much as I was, you mm. know. And I realized I had a deep interest. I mean, that's where, that's where it got so exciting, mm. you know. A lot of the time, just, I was just so driven by excitement. I didn't sleep at night because I was researching about, um, I don't know, natural remedies, herbs, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. W- whatever it might be, plant, plant-based, like psychedelics, man. Psychedelics mm-hmm. just was blowing my mind. For yeah, anybody yeah. who's got a hunger and a curiosity, it's like that's the real deal. That stuff... You know, it really, it's its not play-play stuff. It's not going to bore you, you know. It, yeah, it was yeah. exactly what I was looking for. I was, you know, I was, my, I was quenching my, 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 my thirst that I had for, you know, just information and, and for knowledge and truth and, and insight. And it just keeps on unraveling even today where I am, you know, thank heavens for that. Thank heavens that it's not like so simple and, you know, dead-ended. And that's why I'm saying it's like, you know, it, it, it's in hindsight what you go through is just the the death rebirth but when it's the rebirth it's really where you know it's a new beginning man and if you can make it if one makes it through to the other side you're 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 a very you're part of a very small community that you know i think out of the whole of history of people that have that come through out on the other side i think it's not many people do i think you don't know how lucky and fortunate and blessed you really truly are. You are one of the. I think that's what a, one of the chosen of. Yeah, you know? yeah. You were chosen. That's, you were you you were initiated without any ancestors. You know, yes. Without because that's how people were initiated before. You know, from that's tribal leaders, it was passed down. Whatever it was, and that's and it was severe. I mean, these guys. You know, I know. Like I've studied African cultures and and the way that they did the, their ceremonies and their initiations. The guys at times lost their lives. You know, yes. because it was so extreme. You know, it, it wasn't play play. They removed the child from the mother. You know, they, at not a young age, put them in the wild, fend for themselves, like three days without food, sleep, you know, whatever it was. It was extreme yeah. to break down that sort of comfort of persona and so-called identity and all the imprinting from your childhood and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, to make you into a man or to a woman. And it was absolutely real and and, and necessary. Yes. So that break is, is important, and I think, but, you know, on the other side, you are one of the, the very chosen few. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love that message, man. That's that's the message of this thing, and it's like, that's very true. Embrace your journey, you know. I, I went through dark times where I was just trying to wake everybody up, because once you get to that message, your instinct is, I should not be selfish about this. The world is in danger. I should talk to the people I love and let them know. And you feel like... Like you're just gonna talk to them once or twice, and they're gonna just trust you, and they're gonna research, and they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Salem. Oh yeah, Aaron. That's very true. Oh, oh my God, the Freemasons. What do we do about it?" No, and it's completely the opposite. You tell people, and they look 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 at you like you're just out of a mental hospital. Like, hey, just just go get a job. Go get a job. You know, stop smoking the stuff you're smoking. You know, and just like be real about this. And that could get you into so much confusion, so much uh, despair, because you just like, oh, then I'm crazy. If these people don't trust it, then I'm crazy. And that's yeah, the, that's the ticking point where if you trust the people around you and the, who tell you that you're crazy and stop doing this, you're going to take the blue pill, like in the Matrix, and go back to sleep. And it's going to be hard because you cannot unsee what you have seen. You cannot unsee the conspiracies. You cannot unsee all these things. But 
you're forcing yourself to go back to sleep and it's going to be a struggle. Or you decide to go onto this path just full-blown and trust it and move on to the next side. And there's so many paths where you can get lost. You can become nihilistic. You're like, okay, the universe is infinite. This is infinite. This universe, the one we're living in is fucked and no, there's no hope. Everybody's asleep. Or you can go into uh, becoming Alex Jones, just screaming in the screen and be like, they're the globalist. Or you can be like David Icke. You can go so many paths that will get you lost and will get you away from the light that's inside of you. And it could be mm. dangerous. You know, mm. as you said, you, you can unre- you cannot be recovered sometimes. People in the past, it was yeah, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Today, yeah, you can absolutely. just, you can go into a psychosis or you can become, uh, you know, you can go into one of these mental illnesses where it's chronic and you're just gone forever. You just, uh, and it's, yeah. so that's yeah. why it's, people need the right guidance you know me and you people like us we should speak out more we should tell people what's right and what's not in our perspective now that we know the ultimate truth but we'll say these kinds of researchers are are in it for the money they could be propaganda don't listen to them listen to these podcasts listen to these uh, researchers listen to this information listen to your heart do this you know because we're lucky that as you said and i like that message i never heard it that way we are lucky to have made it to the other side now that we did we should help people. It's like ha- having a safe boat or, you know, presenting a rope to them, like catch onto this rope and get to this other side. We should be talking more to people to let them know that it, it's all good. Not that the experience was not horrible. It was, but the light that's on the other side is so much more beautiful that all the darkness you went through will be washed away and you will be a new human being. And you never get it like a degree. It's not like a degree you get, you're enlightened forever. It's something you have to keep working on every single day, every single day, you know. You have to, like, wash the past, you know, wash your subconscious, heal your traumas, look at your emotions, and slowly, it's like a castle, it's like a house that you build, like a building. Every day you put on a new brick, everything, until one day, who knows when that day comes, you find yourself to become one of, like, one, like the Buddha or one of these people you look up to. Like, I... You know, we're doing the work, like, uh, honestly, people like Manly Hall or Alan Watts, they were in a completely sleep society. At least today we have YouTube, we have people who are like us, we, there's researchers we can connect to, but people like Alan Watts, Manly Hall, what they were speaking, I bet they felt so lonely and the stuff they were doing, like, so lonely, you know. Mm-hmm. Manny P. Hall talks about, he's got a lecture on about the responsibility of ending, uh, passing on the torch, you know, exactly, of, of, a, of a, not enlightenment, in that sense, and, and the responsibility to do so for, for others to a certain degree. Um, but also, you've got to be, you know, the person's got to want it on their, on their own terms. You know, it's, this is not something that could be at all forced. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I did a video uh, and uh, it was called about why I don't wish to wake people up, you know, type of thing, uh, unless they want to be woken. And, and the, the image I remember was a great, it was a great image that I had. It was, a, it was a, the old lady sleeping on a, on a, on a sort of a, a, on her chair, you know, in great comfort. And there was a cat uh, and a balloon, and the cat had its claws out. It was about to pop the balloon, you know, and for, <laughs> to get, and for the old lady to get that kind of fright. And sometimes, it, you know, it can be. It's like, you know, you've got to be careful of of um like depending on the areas i mean depending on on, on how you're doing it um because it can be a snowball effect like you can just sort of point out one or two things to somebody and then it all unravels you know i mean not that i want to get into it but you know there's there's a lot of movement going on with the flat earth society or the flat earth you know the idea of the, flat, that the earth is flat 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people promoting it. Now, I'm not for it or not. I'm not against it. I just yeah. find it very interesting because as soon as you also go, if you start going down that rabbit hole of whether the earth is flat around and you start seeing it in all the other linked conspiracies, it is, it can be a wake up call just like 9 11. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, also a massive wake up call. And again, you can get stuck into, into the anger phase of the whole thing or whatever it is. And, and that's not where you want to be. I mean, the resentment or who's responsible. And you'll never find out who's truly responsible because it goes so deep that it's beyond this planet in a way or beyond dimensions that we can't necessarily understand and no one really knows. And again, how necessary is it to know that kind of information? So that's also something that's so important. It's like, again, what is the most useful and necessary information and data and knowledge that you want to be acquiring? Yes. Because again, you have so much time on your hands, right? And there's so much out there. Again, you're right. We do. We have YouTube. We have endless amount of videos that you'll never be able to watch. Um, we have now the availability of which, you know, I think many people, he was a lot more connected though, so he had a lot more. But like, you know, guys like Anna Watts, many other people were very limited and there was also very few, very, I think, small pockets of, of sort of conscious individuals that were that were going around at the moment. You know, psychedelics yep. is very new and it's, and it's happening, you know, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's shift the subject to this, like, you know, awakening subjects like Alan Watts, Manley Hall, conspiracies, what's what's true and what's not in our perspective and what's the right way to walk the path. Because everything is, reality is subjective and objective, but a lot of it is subjective. A lot of it is going in your head. So whatever you think is true, is valuable to you and it's true for you. So we'll share our experiences on that. You know, there's for me, at least, the conspira- the ultimate conspiracy, it's only one conspiracy. That It's the same group of people, and all those theories are connected to the one conspiracy. And the one conspiracy to me is there are a group of people who are so egoistic and so disconnected from their source that they believe this universe is everything. So they want, they want to make themselves immortal on this realm. And they want to control every single human being. And they know the way they could do that is to control your mind and to make your life harder financially and, uh, and every other area. So they've been working out since thousands of years to control and methods of control and methods of, you know, putting fear, religion, economics to put people into conformity. And now that we have technology, they've gotten into a point where they can implement that on a worldwide stage, where they can make humans think they are nothing that they're going to die and it's the end and they, you should listen to us, you should listen to our politics, we're going to save, they, they present themselves as the saviors. And it's, and it's not the people, like we don't know those people, like Hillary Clinton, Bush, they are just fronts for whatever is behind the scenes for that stuff. And it's a fruitless thing to keep looking for who's the monster behind the curtain. You'll never find it. You'll, you'll keep searching and you'll never find it. You'll just keep listening to people's theories. So I believe the ultimate conspiracy is to make us think that we are worthless, we are nothing, we are so disconnected from God, we, and the only hope is to trust government and to get a job and to get that fake money and to, to become so disempowered so they can come and control us and become, you know, rulers and masters of the earth. That's, that's what I see. The consp- and there's also like a lot of like details, of course, you know, 9-11 wars, they their fake wars, fake shootings to put people in that state of fear and anxiety where there's a lot of cortisol in your system and you can't think straight so they can program you more and more. They uh, give you limited resources so you think uh, you have to work and it's, you know, they give you all these false beliefs so you stay in that rat race. And that's, that's my opinion on the thing, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the, the intention of the... I'll just, uh, I don't even like to call them the controllers. I think 
you know, they, you need the duality in this world, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you need the predator and you need the prey, okay? And uh, essentially they are, we like the, they're the predator and we are the prey. Yeah. And, and the way that they work is, again, I think that they don't have their own unique uh, connection to source and their own supply of mm-hmm. let's say, energy, so to speak. You know, they don't have the soul connection. And, yeah. uh, and human beings, we do. And if we can devote ourselves to their causes, to their plan, right, and invest our energy and our time and mm-hmm. uh, our efforts and our direction to it, then, then we can keep their, their, their world alive. We can keep it still functioning. I mean, that's essentially what you know, capitalism is, consumerism is about. You know, it's that uh, we can turn our hard-earned labor into a type of, uh, you know, currency, current, which is a type of energy, you know, currency. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 to feed you know sort of the, uh, the, the 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 predator in that way mm-hmm. and one of the, the the greatest tricks that uh, that that is at hand is the self-deception is how we learn exactly how we're taught how we condition to 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 deceive ourselves to deceive to be deceived from your own you know soul your own spirit yeah. your own source your own intuition your own consciousness Right, your own individuality, big time, your own individuality, and so that is that's that's the, the greatest sort of war that I think is going on, or the challenge, mm. you know, challenge for your soul in a way. I mean, it's it sounds like a movie, you know, to a yeah. certain degree, and it, and it is. And so the thing is that, like for myself, I don't try and 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 expose these people, even spend much time trying to work out who they are and, and what tricks are up their sleeve. I mean, I, I pay attention to see where we are heading, you mm. know, with it all. You know, with AI, with technology, like what's the intention here? So from time to time, I mean, that does interest me. But what interests me more, more is how you know we have become disconnected from our own uh, uh, divinity and yes. the, the true divinity. You know, and how we and how we feeding the the wrong type of energies within ourselves, right? We our yes. lower nature in a way rather than our higher nature. And so the war is not actually out there to a degree so to speak, you know, the challenge is not really, I don't even like to say the war, because the war's got, you know, bad connotations, it's just mm. very dark, but the challenge, you know, because I think yes. that's what, I think, I think the way that, that, that the world is set up, you know, or the reality is set up, is, is to, for us to become heroes, you know, yes. in your, your own hero, basically, and so in order for the hero to, your own to Christ, even exist, or whatever you want to call it, yeah, the Buddha, mm. you know, whatever it might be, is that you need the conflict, you need the contrast, you need the challenge, right? You yes. need, you know, and that's what these people or whatever we want to call it, this, these, in, uh, not just entities or whatever, you know, what, what they call, they call, they're causing the duality. So it's almost like a necessary evil, which is yeah. very, very hard for us to understand. I mean, it's just, it's beyond, you know, our human comprehension that because if, if it wasn't supposed to be, then it wouldn't be, right? So okay. on this playing field, on this third dimension, or you know, this fifth dimension, fifth sense, fifth, mm. five sense, three D reality, matrix reality, they allow to, you know, uh, cast their spells in a way, because yeah. it's 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 for the 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 recipe for the individual or the, the hero to to come forth, you know, to be born, yeah. to you know, how are you going to know courage if you don't have fear to face, you know? Yes. How yeah. are you going to know bravery? How are you going to how are you going to know virtue? How are you going to know good if you don't have evil in a sense? Yeah. So they yeah. play a necessary part. So for myself, I don't think it's you know I don't spend any time really trying to expose or whatever it is to a certain degree. I'm trying to expose the lies that we are living in ourselves, the way that we are being self-deceiving to ourselves yes. to one another. 
how we're not being authentic. Because the biggest one of the one of the 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 ways that I feel that they operate is to get you into the collective hive mind, you know, mm. to lose your individuality and become part of the collective. Because once yeah. you're part of the collective, you don't exist. Right? You're just part of a mass crowd. The way the crowd thinks, moves, yeah. talks, walks, acts, what the purpose yeah. of the crowd is. So if you absorb into the crowd and you lose your individuality and your authenticity, then you don't really exist. Okay. Yeah. Then you're more yeah. of a ghost than anything else. Yeah. And so that's why I also say that you're very, you know, for those who do make it out from the, the matrix code or whatever it is and from the setup, that they're very few, you know, very, very important, so, you know, very, you know, high, high spirited because in other words, you're not being, you know, you're not part of the crowd. You're, you're a free, sovereign, ind independent individual, right? Which is, it's a very scary thing to actually be, especially when you being conditioned true. to be part of, you know, the crowd and, and, yeah. and think how the crowd, you know, and, and be part of that. And so that's one of the, the, the biggest things is that you need that loneliness in your life. You, mm -hmm. the, being ostracized and not being able to fit in, like we mentioned before, my upbringing is actually a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yes. Because I wasn't, I wasn't easily absorbed or conformed into the bubble, right, mm -hmm. into the mass mind, which is actually more like a machine mind in, the, in a way, you know, type of thing. And so that's, that's what I think is that what's, what's at hand, the challenge is to stay authentic as you can be, as true as you can be. You know, as divine as you can be, you I mean, be virtuous, you know, yes. practice virtue because God is good, you know, yes. so practice goodness, what you might find that to be, you know, aim towards the light, the higher good, you know, and, and, yes. and direct yourself. And, and, and I also believe that we have massive support on our side. I believe, you know, there's such things as synchronicity, there's divine time in events and circumstances, right, that doors will open that you would have never, ever imagined that can open, you know, yeah, your, yeah. your powers that were dormant in a way, your psychic powers can easily be switched on, depending on how you focus, depending on your diet, your health, you know, mm -hmm. uh, your intention, or whatever it is, I mean, you can really get far out, you, you don't actually know how powerful uh, you might, you can possibly be, how influential you possibly can be, mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's very true, feel. that's a good message, and uh, mm. I like what you said about hive, the hive mind, and the individual mind, and that's, that's what we're finding today, especially with social media. And I saw one of your last talks. You were talking about how I think how lonely it is right now, where you're like, you know, you're connected to yourself and sight around you is asleep. And it's the fight between individuality and the hive mind. And how if you continue through this path of, you know, uh, purifying yourself, you're gonna figure out that you 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 really have power, you know, and. I also am disconnecting from the view that we have to beat the system. I've been off that that train for a long time now, for almost more than a year, because they de they depend on our attention, and the only way to really defeat it or to you know have a better reality here on Earth is if everybody has to do his own individual work, because there are a lot of false prophets. When I say false prophet, that could be uh, money, that could be politics, people who believe that voting really is going to save them, it's going to solve the problems of the world, or wars are going to solve the problems of the world, or any of those. Those are false prophets. They take you away from the light that's inside of you. And that's where the, the end line, or not the end line, that's where the destination is, is inside of yourself, is in the light that's inside of you. And anything that takes you away from that is deceiving you in a sense, intentionally or unintentionally. You know, a lot of people are just useful idiots to the system that uses them. They just use useful idiots to promote their agenda. But the power is really inside of us. And we, uh, you know, technology today is really creating, the, creating that big. It's, it's one of my theories that 
people in this time of age are either so awake or they're so asleep. There's, there's a small line in between, but the people who have awoken have already gone a long journey of connecting to their soul, listening to their intuition, and disconnecting from social media, from all the false stuff. And there's the people, on the other hand, who are just so asleep. They're so immersed in the politics and Donald Trump and this and that, that the schism has become so big. And there's only, like, I've, that's just my feeling, and it could be, could be wrong, that there's only a small time window left before the we are totally separated the awakened and the sleep everybody's in a different reality now like we can't even mm. communicate to each other mm. Mm. very well said that's I, I think that's a sign of our times i think there is this kind of division that's that's taking place it's yeah, it gets tricky when you put it into language i suppose and, and and then all of a sudden you know you start i mean some people can can kind of get well there's the, there's the chosen ones and then you know there's the enlightened ones and there's the unconscious sheeple type of thing and the mm -hmm. the, 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 the dumb down and and I mean, I speak about this quite a bit in, in, in my videos in, in regards to keeping masses in a way. And for myself, sometimes again, my, my disdain for them, my loathingness of, of how susceptible they are to the, you know, the, the, the magician's charms and things like mm. that and how blind they follow and things like that and how self-destructive they are and et cetera. Et cetera. I'm trying to understand it. Potentially, you know, possibly on some kind of soulful level that, um, or for one, is that we're not all here to awaken and to, to reach our highest potential type of thing, and mm. etc. You know, you, it's, it's never been like that in history. That uh, You see, that's also another thing is that I don't know if you can really even have heaven on earth. I don't know if this realm is designed for it. You know, maybe, I mean, it's hard to say with all the, like, the Kali Yugas and the different times and the light, yeah. the, the light yeah. stages and the dark stages that we go through. But, yeah. you know... Yeah. It's not not reasonable to assume. I mean, you can have you can have more of the the heaven on, on in in yourself, you know, in mm. a way. So, I mean, this is celebrities, but I do think that there is this time that we are in, which is uh, which seems to be that those that are using technology to awaken and those that are using technology to put themselves to further asleep, to distract themselves, to sedate themselves, yeah. in a sense, you know. And so there is there is a massive schism that's that's going on and. I'm also wondering if it's not something that, as Terence McKenna talk about, that's pulling us from the actual future. You know, he mm. speaks about the transcendental object at the end of time, which is actually pulling us like a magnetic effect and pulling mm. us out of sort of the monkey mind. So some mm. of us seem to be like, you know, sort of re releasing, having the, the, the ego's grip on us being released, and others are just diving more into ego and the collective yeah. ego, you know, the super ego, the hard mind type of thing. Yep. And so it seems to be that way. I mean, social media seems to be, you know, again, the, who, who's the, the guy that they say, the, the Pied Piper, you know, and he plays flute and all the rest mm. with all the social media is set up to be I think that's what a lot of the technology and many other things it's all distracted is to pull people into some half mind which I think is going somewhere I think it's it's, it's more into into more of a technological sort of post-human world where we might you know uh, sort of take on more well we are machine-like in that way but I'm saying download ourselves or consciousness or do something into become more digitized, you know, and yeah. lose the, the essence of our, of our true nature and become completely unrecognizable. Mm. I mean, already with like gender politics that are going on, I mean, it's hard to understand who's a woman, who's not, a, what's a woman, what's a man. Mm -hmm. I think we, we've, we've blurred the lines between the masculine and the feminine, which are very, two very important energies and opposing opposites that are very necessary. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. going on. Yeah, but so there is the time that I think that why? Why is it that there seems to be more awakened people on the planet than there probably has ever been? 
and why yeah. is there more people asleep than there ever has been? So there is something that's going on with the time that we are in. And it does yeah. seem that, you know, often how often I've thought about this a lot to the degree of which, like, what's what's the world going to look like in 20 years' time? You know, how's it going to be? How's it going to be? Um, how can the conscious impact person coexist? Is it, you know, mm. is it is it, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like, um, is it reasonable? Is it, will it not become so... Uh, unpleasant and so taxing mm. and so mm. you know despairing for the conscious sensitive individual the empath that it becomes almost in, uninhabitable right like yeah. again we can't connect to one another you know we can't eat the foods that are just being you know that, that's what's ever left or being made further by machines and technology and all the mm. pesticides like we've outgrown it you know we, we're definitely yeah. outgrowing it so what, what are we going to feel like in you know if we're really feeling this agitation we're really feeling like pissed off by politics and consumerism and and what's happening to nature and we're really being offended a lot of the time and from a sincere yeah. way seeing humanity being degraded morality you know ethics whatever it is seeing the, the younger generation and how they're being you know exposed to you know the, the you know the dark side of the internet i mean pornography yeah. and whatever it is extreme young you know stuff like that i mean all the anyone getting vaccinations etc i mean i don't like to go there too much but like you know so you, you say to yourself like how is, will there be a place, will another, you know, that's what Terence McKenna was about, will like, we, you know, depart for the stars, in a sense, will there be, I mean, you know, people have had dreams, you know, prophesizing that, uh, and, and, and good people prophesizing the arrival of, of, an, of alien ships or something like that, or other sort of, you know, uh, type of a brother sisterhood or something like that, you know, coming down to mm. earth and, and mm. sort of, you know, taking away or, I mean, I had, I once had a, I had a dream, Mm. in 2009 which was uh, i still remember it. it was it was very very intense dream and uh, mm -hmm. but it was very beautiful at the same time it's almost like this planet it was almost like an organism it was almost like a flower and, mm. and it had reached its sort of blo full blossoming stage where the you know the, it was it, it was ripe for the picking and it was almost like all these different kind of species and ufo ships came along like these huge you can imagine, I don't know, the size of it, just, just kilometers in length or miles in length, like a bumblebee type of thing with a massive yeah. straw on its nose and just sucking up people and sucking up resources, whatever it is, and taking them somewhere and then something else coming along. And, you know, it was all natural, but yeah. it was all completely organic in a way. The, the feel of the dream was organic, but it was almost like, you know, these different kinds of species with different kind of whatever it might have been spatial. I can't remember, you know, exactly, but it was like taking everybody or different people to different places. I didn't know where it was, it's where they didn't go to these places, but that's kind of what it felt like, you know, that, that, that there is this going on because I just don't see, I think we, we're working here for a certain amount of time. You know, we he, mm -hmm. we're doing the healing, we're letting go of more of the ego grip on ourselves. We're becoming more, you know, not as monkey monkey. <laughs> monkey-minded, but we're becoming more supernatural, we're becoming mm. more, mm -hmm. you know, switched on, six senses, we're becoming more psychic in ways, intuition is, 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 you know, switching on, healing powers are definitely increasing, whatever it is, I think we, you know, and we're, we're connecting with, with, with the true nature of our being, and, and so we, this planet is becoming inhabitable, I mean, if it's, yes. if it's just continuing the way that it is, and resource scarcity, and, you know, and, and, and whatever it is, if it's going to happen, you know, then, mm. then surely it wasn't for nothing, surely nature wouldn't come this far in order for just all to go extinct and then you know for us to sort of all fall into the ocean with the, the water rising or something like that or global impacts of some kind from the environment or whatever it is overpopulation and then it was all for nothing and nothing mm. was learned nothing was saved nothing was taken away like it doesn't yeah. make sense that nature na nature doesn't create a vacuum you know it doesn't create That's just true. for nothing
everything. Everything has has a plan behind it, has a destination. So we lie believe in, in the future. It lies very close. Yeah, yeah, we lie. It's it's very auspicious. It's very it's it's very exciting. It's very nerve wracking. It's it's asking a hell of a lot of us. You see, and that's also why I'm saying coming back to the the, the awakening individual, you know, who's waking up now is is really perhaps potentially I can't really say, but but buying their their own ticket, you know, uh, for the for the the plane out of here or something like mm-hmm. that, you know. Yeah. I mean, to a certain degree, yeah. you know, to a certain degree. I mean, because you know, you if you're vibrating at a higher frequency and you can understand that we live in a much bigger you know, cosmic, you know, reality than we do. Like, you know, if you let go of the dogmas and the ego and the handrails of the, yep. what you needed to in order to, you know, uh, be a, be whatever part of the, the, the culture here and you let go of that and you've, you've cleansed yourself, you've purified, you're becoming more wholesome in the world, then you're prepared for, for different shores, you know, for something that's more um, in alignment with who you are. You know, you've done this, you've done the work, you know, you've, 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 you've matriculated, you've graduated, in the yes. sense, and so you, you, your seeds, you know, like uh, to be planted somewhere else to a certain degree. I mean, it's all, yes. I don't yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. But, the, you know, the idea is there because where is it going to go? Yeah, that's, that's where, our, what, how is it going? You know? That's an intuition. It tells you that this is not going all for waste. And I'd also like to say that, you know, for anybody who's researching out there, just stay away from the fear mongering. There's a lot of researchers and people who tell you it's the end of the world, that we're going to, they're going to go to this, uh, transhumanism and ai is going to take over and that that stuff whether it's true or not it's not important it's what's what's the feeling you're getting out of it is it that mm-hmm. the world's going to go over you're going to despair nothing will matter anymore those people are instilling some despair and fear and anxiety into you and that's not the right message maybe they're lost maybe they're what it doesn't matter what they're going through but stay away from the fear mongering and always believe that if you are an eternal soul eternal spirit what does it matter if this world really goes extinct or uh, this world like perishes? What what you're still eternal. You're still gonna exist in some way, other or form. And what what you achieve is always gonna stay there with you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there's also that you know. Do you believe in the notion that we create our own reality? That you know our thoughts, our emotions create the reality around us. So I mean, for me, I'm saying that because. Uh, if if we believe that we create our own reality with our own thoughts and emotions and mood, why would we care about what other people think or what other people, if they're awake or not, if it's going to be, if it if that's the way they can be, then I can create my own heaven and my own bubble and live in it, you know, in a very positive way that whatever other people are thinking doesn't really matter, you know. That's that's the way I see it. Like if we do create our reality, then does it matter what other what happens outside there? It does to an extent, you know, physical being. I understand that, but to the ultimate, your emotional state does it really affect it? Should it really affect it? Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, that's a loaded and deep question there with um, potential multiple answers. But mm-hmm. what I want to just, which we'll come to, but what I think is that. I don't think it's 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 realistic to be naive, you know, mm. about the, the the potential future of, of where the world, you know, might be taking a turn towards, mm. uh, and for that to, it it's not going to help to. I mean, you're probably going to feel overwhelmed anyways. I mean, I feel overwhelmed, 
mm. uh, the best of times just because like essentially with overpopulation and, and, and just seeing a whole lot of nature being turned into shopping malls, you know, and uh, yeah. open spaces just being turned into, you know, places of business and things like that, which is just the actual part of things. So it is hard to see how, you know, uh, things are, you know, nature's being exploited and things to that degree. Mm. So it is, it's also the battle and, and it also one needs a, a leap of faith to understand that this is what it's like, you know, for if there is this potential, uh, you know, departing for the stars, if there is this, if there is this evolution going on that a, a part of the planet needs to die in order for something to be reborn, you know, there is a death rebirth going on here. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, depending on the perspective, but what I'm saying is that if, if, if love is in one's heart, if love is what one's intention is, then they can heed the warning signs, you know, and say, okay, look, if technology is overtaking and AI is a possibility, well, I simply don't want to be a part of it. I just simply, I see it for what it is. I recognize it. I, I, I throw caution to the wind. I see, you know, I'm not going to go in that direction. You know, mm -hmm. to see what it could be, could, could essentially try to be absorbing you, what could overtake your mind, what could, you know, turn you into an addict of some kind, what could make you codependent on it, what could make you lose your authenticity, and what could put you into fear, because, you know, is, is not necessarily, you know, um, I'm saying if you haven't got a loving heart, then I think you will, you know, you will not just see it as cautionary, but you'll get so much absorbed in the fear of it that it will absorb you. You'll become so immobilized, you know, you become so fearful. Again, like the cortisol running, you know, you'll become mm -hmm. so overwhelmed by it all. And, and what am I going to do? And et cetera, et cetera. And then how's this going to turn out? And, you know, uh, whatever it might be that, that that's not going to help, but at least it can say, aha, okay, this is not something that, uh, the, this is not the road I want to go down. Like, so if, I'm not going to spend too much time on Facebook. I'm mm -hmm. not going to spend too much time you know, on social media. I'm not going to spend too much time on my phone. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to be, be wise with my time. I mean, I'm not going to watch maybe disturbing movies. I'm not going to be following the Kardashians. Okay. I'm not going to be buying to the, the junk foods or the unhealthy foods. I'm going to be, you know, refining my own life and, and, and looking for the love in things. And so that way you can see which is the way that you don't want to go. But if you don't, yeah. if you don't, if you don't look at it and say, okay, no, hold on a minute, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous. You'll walk yeah. in, you know, you yes. can walk into it and you can ignore it. And if you ignore it, it'll, it'll, it'll come, it'll find a way to, to get to you. So in other words, it's, it's not, you're paying attention, but at this time you're, you're not paying attention to it. You're realizing and appreciating the severeness of it, you know, of what's there. You know, yeah. and, and you, you're able to sort of, you know, again, keep keep away from that. And again, more, move more towards the light if you can. Yeah. So yes. you can feel the fear from time to time, but you understand that it's essentially that it's not in your control. You know, mm -hmm. this is also where a big part of humility comes into it. It's like, you know, it's, it's, this is, this is a, a plan that, okay, when we look at, say, the, the architects of control, you know, these people mm -hmm. that, that have been controlling for them, you can say, well, oh, well, it's a bum deal. I mean, it's a raw deal. These guys have, have, have got it for clients, you know, they've got no competition here. They've, you know, it's, it's all in their favor, it's all in their hands. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a done and dusted deal type of thing. And that's what, you know, you could possibly buy into. And, and become nihilistic and, and self-destructive. Or you could say, hold on a minute, maybe there's a universal cause that there is this kind of evolution that's going on. And it mm -hmm. all has its divine place and time in it, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. And so, yes, you know, these, these architects of control have been planning this for a long time, but the universal plan has been planning this for a much, much longer time. You know, the, 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 the divine plan yes. is, is absolutely... And so you are where you are supposed to be, you know, at, at the time that you're happening and your experiences 
are not happening to you, they're happening for you. And your challenges yeah. are not there to, you know, um, you know, break you down, you know, maybe mm -hmm. sometimes and to give up hope, but to, to take a leap of faith and to also create, a, you know, this is very, very important, mm. is when the chips are down and there's nowhere to turn, there's only one way to turn and that's to a higher power, you know, that's mm, to that's the true. most high, you know, that's to that which, need, you know, where you absolutely surrender yourself and say, well, I'm in God's hands now, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the plan, I'm in the divine plan of, of the Almighty, you know, of the Most High. And so yes. there's a humility of it. It's like, I can't control this. It is overwhelming. It's fearful. It's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, whatever it is, it gives me nightmares type of thing. You say, but don't worry, you know, you, you, you know, you've got your guardian angels there, whoever it is behind the scenes. You've got more support and love, you know, yes. than you can ever imagine. And that's what you've got to connect with for, first mm -hmm. and foremost, beyond whatever might be going on in the planet. You know, that's yes. secondary. Yes. Take care of yourself. Right? That's what I meant. So and that's, that's, that, that's I second. I second yeah, on that message. I second on yeah. that message. And what I meant is not to be naive of the reality of the world and not be ignorant of it. But even though you see it for what it is, as you said, you, you only have control of so much. You can't control all mm -hmm. of that. So why live in that fear and anxiety and despair and be like Alex Jones? They're like, oh, they're coming for us. It's the end. We have to fight. That's a state they want you to be in. They want you to be in that state because they feed off that energy. They, that's right. They, pu they put you into camps and then they terrorize you and then they like buy guns. And that's the wrong way to see things. And we, we don't know a lot of things. Like what we know is maybe 1% and what we don't know is 99%. And it's, a, you know, it's an exciting journey though because now you're like, oh, this, you thought that this was everything, but now you're told this is only 1%. There's more to explore. Your heart opens up and you're excited. You're full of joy to explore what's out there and, you know, to connect to it. And we know life is infinite. We're just going to keep going on and on. And what happens to Earth? What we can do is what me and you are doing is talking in the Internet, talking to people who can resonate with this message and keep the torch, as Manly Hall said, keep the torch going. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's what every and everybody has a potential to wake up. It's. It's if they decide to, if their ego is stopping them, if their fear and anxiety is stopping them, if they can step beyond that and take the first step, they're definitely going to reach the end. You know, even if it was a very turbulent and rough way, they will reach, you know, the the end of uh, the road. And it's not like the end and then it's over. No, it's, with every end, there's a new beginning and it just keeps on going, keeps on going. And, you know, I want to bring it like, you know, uh, like almost closing and I want to ask you like what are you doing today you know what what are your activities what's your job like what's what's your spiritual work consist of what's your the material you're consuming you know what how's Aaron different from the old Aaron what's Aaron doing today to sustain himself to keep himself you know joyful happy peaceful uh, all that kind of stuff oh uh... Yeah, there's many ways I could answer that, I suppose. Um, a lot of the time, it's, it's actually just keeping the faith, you know, learning mm -hmm. to be patient, learning to read the signs. To mm -hmm. Like, I also feel in my own personal life at the moment, I'm not sure where my future lies. I mean, I potentially want to leave the country that I'm living in, you mm -hmm. know, because it just seems like it's really getting, you know, um, unfavorable. It's a third world country, and it's just being further exploited and further corruption and crime mm. is, you know, on the, on the rise and it's just, it's not really looking pleasant. And so I'd like to leave, but I can't necessarily uh, maybe afford to or I'm connected to people here in my life. So it's just hard to just get up and leave type mm. of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just recently moved from Johannesburg to Durban because Johannesburg was too much of a of an intense city. Mm-hmm. So I've moved to Durban, but uh, this is over about nine months ago. But I feel like I'm outgrowing Durban as well, which is a bit of a problem. You know, Lisa's got, but I'm um, also meeting, with, being met with other challenges here. So I'm not sure. Like this happens to in stages of my life where okay. I'll, I'll relocate somewhere, I'll start doing something else, and then all of a sudden I just feel like it's starting to, you know, get cabin fever and close in on me, and I just mm. feel somewhat like I've, I've I've learned what I needed to learn in this stage, and 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 uh, taken from what I can, and, and now I need you know something else. Type of yeah. thing. So I don't know. I'm 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 sort of open. I'm mean, not married. Uh, I do have a, a lady in my life, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have children. Okay. I'm not. I don't have many friends. I must say, come to me. Uh, we see all different mindsets in a way, but mm-hmm. uh, we love each other, you know. And she tolerates me for the best of times, and I put up with her nonsense as well. That type of thing, and she, she teaches. Me a lot about respecting people's where they're holding in their unconscious level of consciousness and, and not to to put the pressure on and to stress or to force or anything like that. It's uh, that's it's very important there. Uh, but for myself, like uh, I do my YouTube, it really helps me keep going. I do it out of necessity in order to share my ideas, mm-hmm. my thoughts, my experiences. I hope that assists and aids and guides others where it can. So that is really nutrition for my soul in a big okay. way. Uh, I like to spend time in nature where I can on the beach. I have a little job, a little hobby, metal detecting, whatever it is, you know, just also spending time grounded, uh, you know, on, on, on the sand, on the earth type of thing. Uh, nature is definitely my friend. I don't spend enough time in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else can I do? Try work on my diet. Like, just, just keep on looking and seeing what, you know, what, what, what I can do. Like, I, I'm into wheat grass now. I don't even know wheat grass. Uh, yeah, wheat grass. Sprouts, um, and just, just you know, just general seeing what I can, how I can improve my health. I just looked into doing colon, you know, colon cleansing the other day, which was a lot mm-hmm. of fun, a bit extreme. You know, so I'm always looking at, at, at what it is for, you know, for body, mind, and spirit from that point of view. I'm also just trying to get through the day because I just, yeah. I, I, you know, first thing, my job wise, I've been very blessed. There's no question about it. I mean, the universe has blessed me. Um, tenfold uh, with uh, uh, the work kind of that I do is my father's mentioned you know he's got a very successful shoe company here in South Africa and so I get sort of the oldest stock and the damaged goods uh, okay. that I have uh, you know two or three shops where I've got my f- friends that are people that I know that are that, that, that sell from the shops okay but uh, as it may be the shop you know, so that's my income I suppose and and also, I have some shares in my father's company, just you know, by the universe, by the grace of the universe, you know, to, yeah, yeah. to assist. And so I get, I, I get sort of a, a basic salary every month, which that's doesn't good, really man. take that's, care of my needs. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. you're gra- grateful no, no, about it. That's what matters: is that you're grateful um, about it. I'm so fortunate. I really am. It's like I, I don't know what else. I don't know. I'd have to live on a sustainable farm otherwise, which wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, I, I make a plan, but it's just it's worked out the way that it's worked out. So that's um, great. I think it's also come, so it's come at a big cost because I work with my brother and he's been trying to sabotage me for a very long time. He was mm. also in the company, you know, my father's company. So yeah. that's been like a big lesson for myself. A lot of a lot of repeating of traumas. That you know, he was a very much. Mm in my life growing up and so I'm still faced with that but I think like the universe now is sort of saying okay you've you've learned what you needed to learn and uh, I'm having to close the shops at the end of the year basically well two of them out of th- three 
Mm. And so I, st- I still have made enough money to keep myself going for some time. So I don't have to worry financially. So it gives me the, the space and opportunity. I have a lot of free time on my hands, I must That's say. Good. Uh, yeah. not, enough good, not enough good people to spend it with. And so I, got to, I just got to find means of, of things that interest me. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm on YouTube yeah. often. I'm watching videos, lectures, mm-hmm. podcasts, you know, trying to connect with other like-minded individuals. I still find that very few and far between the people that are really doing the, the real deep work, you know, the real yeah. committed work. And there's a lot of people out there just, you know, for the shits of giggles and, you know, just doing it sort of haphazardly, but uh, more yeah. Yeah. to the people that are really you know, doing what? it. And so... You know, yeah. What kind of material really particularly interests you in this phase, like today? Is it meditation? Is it uh, afterlife, uh, past life incarnations? Uh, myst- you know, the ancient mysteries. What kind, like what, what specific stuff really like tunes you in these days? Uh, uh, well, firstly, I love people talking about their own experiences of what they're going through, which I find very, you know, rare on on YouTube. Like that, okay. I enjoy. Like we're in the world you're at you know what what's going on for you how are you spending your day how you you know yourself in good in good company with yourself and others uh, that i'm very interested in but there's very few people that do it and also psychology i would say okay. uh, i'm very interested uh, in all different types of psychology i don't know if you know michael tesorian he, uh, yeah, I listened to his Unslave podcast. He does some brilliant work on, like, you know, some of the, the, the mystics and the, um, the psychologists, the you know, Western psychology, which yeah. is, I find fascinating. What's his uh, name? Is that because your voice broke up a little bit? Uh, uh, Michael Tessarian. Oh, Tessarian, yeah. He has, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he has some solid stuff, material, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm more, not only his old work, I can't really, you know, do any of that. It's more of his recent work, work on psychology. Oh, okay. um, Crowd consciousness or crowd, you know, crowd half mind, etc. That stuff is just, it's just gold. Yeah. So, um, and then I just dabble, just, I just, wherever the road takes me. I mean, I don't really get into conspiracy. Um, I, just depending what, what, what comes my way. Uh, I like astrology at times. Mm. I would want to maybe learn more about that but uh you know it also have to be selective a lot of the time just because yeah, of just yeah. information overload what is the most That's useful true. thing for me you know because i'm subscribed i mean i used to be subscribed to about 150 people on youtube now i'm probably down to i would say 60 which is still too much and and these people are top class you know they're top shelf yeah. but yeah. again how much of it is necessary how much of it is essential and and uh, how much work should i be doing working on my video my yeah. own videos as opposed to just listening to what other people say so I often feel that that anxiety in a way of like you know missing out of people yeah, that have been uploading yeah. great great material. I can relate. So to I'm that, sure you yeah. have the same kind of experience. Yeah. And there's so much time that you can actually just sit in front of the you know either on your phone or in the laptop or something like that, listening to stuff because you know the body's got to be active. You've got to sort of just yeah. get outdoors and breathe a little bit and That's you know socialize where you can with other people, connect where you can. And so yeah. for myself, uh, you know, it's just it's just it's just trying to keep a lot of the time. I would say the faith because. I mean, I get, I wouldn't say depressed, but I get, I, overwhelmed. I feel like I get sometimes, yeah, I'd say overwhelmed. I feel anxious that, you know, when I'm having to, you know, drive on the roads and, and you know, in, in, a, in a place where it's very lawless, people drive however they want to drive and having yeah. to go to the shopping mall for myself is just exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I take a, a CBD oil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that helps me as well. I don't smoke cannabis, so not that I'm against it at all, but I used yeah. to. Uh, I just find that uh, it doesn't really uh, work with me so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really do psychedelics anymore. I don't know if I could sort of um, 
you know, handle the, 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 the intensity of it because I think things are very intense for myself at the moment as it is. You know? yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to keep quite a, quite a bit together. And uh, again, with a future that's very uncertain, I'm not sure where I'm, yes. I'm headed in. I'm also dealing with, with a crime situation. I mean, my house has been broken into where I'm renting now for the, wow. the second time in the last like, two, two months, I would say. So like, you know, as we're speaking now, I mean, my, my awareness is also based on that. Like any sort of, I mean, I've, I've sort of put all senses around the garden. I mean, we've got a, an alarm system on already. We've, I've already locked myself up in the house, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it's terrible. It's like we're trying to get out of this but it's that's that's also the big big part at the moment it's just like yeah. you know getting through the night without having a break-in mm. which is ridiculous you know i mean we've had so much of our property stolen and i had a whole lot of videos on the camera that i was doing for youtube that got stolen and mm. uh, you know and, and whatever so it's, it's just actually having to try and contend with the, with the way that the world is at today yeah, uh, I have a good relationship with my mother, but she's often in dire straits. So I need to kind of be there for her. So, mm. you know, and you know, as, as time is flying and as quick as it's going by, it's like before you know it, you know, it's the days over, the weeks gone, the months past, the years That's gone. True. So, you know, That's I'm very true. trying to, you know, you know, hang in there and do my work and and uh, and trying to assist others where I can. And I think yeah. it's so much part of, of of what, and I think it's exactly what 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 you're doing here, and, and it's really. It's been an honor to to talk to you, and you've given me such a wonderful space and and uh, and openness. And, and your questions have been brilliant, you know. Thank uh, you, man. And, I appreciate uh, it. And, and on point. And so it's really because I, I struggle with not being able to share enough and, and talk enough. So I find like in this kind of relationships that you know we, we have the genuine, authentic relationships is that we really just we just you know energizing one another. We're feeding off each other's energy in a very positive way. And and it's great, and we need more of that. So I mean, yes. great on you for for starting this initiative, and you know, I'm wishing you all the best with it, and I'll you, support and you as, as 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 much as I can on it. And, uh, and, and yeah, man, I and, I wish you, know. you luck in uh, your situation where you know people are breaking in, and maybe it's you know it's a it's a phase phase of transition. You know, there's a lot of things that are changing yeah. in your reality, and maybe your reality will be better. You know, my message to anybody who's listening, you know. That's that's life and that's who we are. You know, life is not going to be perfect, and it can be. We're working towards that, but you know, at the moment, I'm I'm working a, a regular job at a restaurant. You know, I'm trying to go back to school. It's not that once you find this thing, you become this holy person or your life is very changed. You're just the normal human being, but now your focus is inside of you. Your focus is in within your emotions, your belief systems, your thoughts, how you can better that to make yourself live in a better harmonic energy with yourself with the reality around you and it's a work in progress and you know this is what we can do my message is if you're going through any dark hard time listen to positive people don't isolate yourself and uh, connect to a higher power and seek help also you know it's not it's not it's, it's not uh, it's not a shame to ask help that's what we think and that's what keeps us stuck in those phases for a lot of times is we're ashamed we think we're weak when we ask for help my message is no, ask for help from the right people and you'll get past this. Keep listening to me, keep listening to Aaron's channel. Uh, and we wish you all the best, all the light and positivity. And I'll give my last uh, the last thing for you, Aaron, to say if you got any message to, to share with the listeners and let people know where they can find you. Yeah, you, know, you can find me on YouTube, the Aaron Goch. I don't know why I use that as a username. I just one, one day just signed into YouTube and asked me for a username and kind of just stuck. But yeah, basically, it's, I'm just mostly on, on YouTube under Aaron, A-R-O-N-G-H. And uh, you can find uh, my videos. I upload, I would say, 
been a bit you know, slow of late, but I mean, I uploaded about maybe one or two videos a week, so you can kind of follow me on there. And I think, I think just closing off on the message that I perhaps what, what comes up for me now is that uh, yeah, there's no shame in, in, in asking for assistance or guidance or, or for even love, because I find for myself that the more that people come to me when they infrequently do for a little bit of assistance, a little bit of guidance, is that it empowers me. You know, it's not just one way. It's not like you're just coming as a beggar to somebody. You're actually coming to, to assist the other person as well. There's always this harmonious or you know, authentic relationship. There's always this give and take, which is, um, you know, those two animals that feed of one another. I mean, like the bird that that takes that eats the the, the fleas of the, the elephant or something like that. And there's a word for it that in nature that you both benefit. So even people that are looking for, for assistance, for guidance, for help, whatever it is, you know, just for love, just for companionship, for, for friendship, you know, that, that they shouldn't stand on the sideline, they shouldn't feel ashamed for their own loneliness or lack of not being able to be a good player in the game or something like that, you know, that, that, that there is a true real community out there and, uh, you know, that's gathering momentum every day and it's building and uh, like-minded hearts and minds are coming together. And we are we're creating a, a community, might not be physically, but you know, consciously. And so there's, there's a great family to to be a part of for, for those that uh, you know are finding their way. So yeah, yes. thanks, man. And uh, thank you all for listening in. Thank you for tuning in. This was me, Salem. This is Aaron, and uh, we hope you have a very blessed day. And Aaron, I'll keep you know a regular guest on my podcast whenever I don't find anybody to talk to, and uh, you know we'll we'll see how where this takes us, man. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Blessings, sir. Have a good day.